To listen ad-free and to get a shout-out on the show, you can now upgrade to Koala Shine Plus via the link in the show notes. But before we get started on today's episode, I've got a quick word from our friends and trusted sponsors who help make our free stories possible. I'm James Stewart, and in Saving Planet Earth, I'm going to be joined by some of the world's top scientists to introduce you to some of the weird and wonderful ideas being trialled to try and save our planet. Led, of course, by your questions. Hi, James. I know that climate change is affecting our oceans. Is there anything that's being done to look after it? And one of the solutions involves dolphin poo. (laughs) This is Saving Planet Earth. Available wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, no, I'm late again. I really have to hurry, Lisa thought to herself and ran down the street as fast as she could. In the distance, she recognized the bus stop. The school bus was already there. Onward she ran, but suddenly she heard the sound of the engine. Wait! Lisa shouted desperately, but the bus driver did not notice her and drove on. To hear the rest of this story, come on over to Short Stories for Kids podcast, where you get to be the hero in your own story. Hey Koala Kids, and welcome to Koala Shine. I'm Kelly, and I'll be reading you daytime stories and giving you facts and ideas that will leave you flabbergasted. Hey, here's a question for you. Can you speak any other languages? I always find it so magical when people can understand and speak in different languages. The dog in our story today can't, and that's a big problem. Because Gus, our dog, is on holiday in France, and he has a glam Parisian pup to impress. To do that, he has to navigate the whole city all by himself, while he prepares the perfect picnic for him and his pup friend. Do you know how to say hello in French? Go on, say it now if you do. Yup, you say bonjour. But you can't just say it in your regular accent. You have to get extra French with it. So imagine you're on a wobbly bicycle with a big basket full of cheese on the back. Twirl your imaginary moustache and in your most impressive accent, try again. (laughs) Bravo! Bonjour to you too, my friends. Now, put on your jetpacks and let's meet at Gus's apartment. Just hook a left at the Eiffel Tower and give a tap, tap, tap on the blue shutters of the house on the corner. You might just need waking up. And if you find yourself in Spain, You've gone just a little bit too far. Right, get ready, get set, and away we go! Hearing an unusual tap, tap, tap on his shutters, Gus the Pug slowly blinked his eyes open and settled his gaze on the soft beam of light streaming through onto his belly. He yawned a slow, sleepy yawn that showed off his pearly whites, before rolling onto his back and stretching his paws above his head. They didn't quite reach over his head, on account of him being quite short and stubby, but his stretch was effective nonetheless. In the middle of a long yawn, Gus froze and opened his eyes wide. He had just remembered what day it was. Oh goodness, it was a very big day indeed. To understand why, we'll have to flash back to yesterday, 
Yesterday afternoon, Gus was taking a walk, or a waddle, as pugs tend to waddle rather than walk, down the banks of the River Seine in Paris. He was looking up at the big ornate church they call Notre Dame, and was so mesmerised by it that he waddled right into a papillon dog who was minding her own business. Sacré bleu! she called out. You almost knocked me into the river! Gus's heart hiccuped. Not only because he didn't handle commotion too well, but because the pup that stood before him was a vision to behold. She looked like a chihuahua, except for the white fur that sprung out like a mane from her head, like the wings of a butterfly. In fact, that's why they call her breed papillon, the French word for butterfly. She clutched a little pink handbag and wore a tweed suit and big sunglasses. She looked very fashionable indeed, which was very important to Gus too. Gus wobbled and gobbled his words for a moment or two before sputtering out an apology. Oh, uh, I'm sorry, he said. I didn't mean to bump into you, but I'm glad that I did, because now it means maybe we could get to know each other. And you look like someone that I would like to be friends with. Please? I'll make it up to you. Would you like to go for dinner? Or bowling or ice skating? Can we be friends? The papillon dog, whose name was Lulu, warmed to Gus's flustered tone and considered his request for friendship. She thought he looked like he would be a good friend, very sturdy and dependable, and kind. Lulu was also very kind, on the inside. On the outside, she could come across a little frosty. So she took up his offer, but on one condition. Not today, I am busy, she said, and I am French. If you come back this time tomorrow and ask me again in French, maybe I will consider. Au revoir. Lulu strutted off with a clack, 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 and Gus called, au revoir, as she left, then added, I'll bring a picnic. Just then, the bells of Notre Dame began to toll. Un, deux, trois, quatre, cinq, six. It was six o'clock, meaning he only had 24 hours to pull off the most amazing, awe-inspiring, friend-making, heartwarming picnic anyone had ever held on the shores of the Seine, so that when he asked Lulu to be friends tomorrow, she would be sure to say yes. There was only one problem. Gus barely spoke a word of French. And that's why he woke up this morning with such a start. He had a lot of work to do. So Gus rolled out of bed and set about getting ready. He put on his shirt, tied his silk neckerchief around his neck and slipped shiny loafers onto his paws. He rolled up the cuffs of his trousers and slipped on a suede jacket before walking out the door. As he was in Paris, where the buildings are very old and very tall, he made his way down the six flights of wooden stairs from his apartment to the courtyard, before realising he'd forgotten his wicker shopping basket upstairs. So he huffed and puffed his way back up again before loping back down and catching his breath on the pavement. The Guardian, the large mouse with curlers in her hair who took care of the building, wished him a bonne journée. Correctly guessing that this meant to have a good day, Gus called, bonne journée, in return. It was very important Gus had the energy he needed to pull off his mission. So he started off in a wicker chair in the morning sunshine at a cafe, 
enjoying a croissant and a chocolat chaud. That's a hot chocolate to you and I. When all that was left in his cup was a slick of foam and a few croissant crumbs from his dunking, Gus stood up, stretched and left the cafe to join the crowds with a jolly merci in thanks to the waiter, who stood sipping a teeny tiny coffee in the doorway. Gus reached into his basket and unfurled his long shopping list. He needed cheese and a baguette from the bakery. He also needed fruit and eggs for boiling. Boiled eggs were Gus's favourite. And maybe a sweet treat for dessert. He looked left and right to the bustling shops that lined the street, with hoisted shutters and overwhelming displays spilling out onto the pavement. He looked to his right, to a small shop manned by a large moustached cockerel, and thought that would be an excellent place to start. Because where there's chickens, there's eggs. And eggs were his favourite. He toddled into the shop and said a cheery bonjour to the cockerel. Je m'appelle Gus, he said. That's all the French he knew off by heart. Je m'appelle Gus. My name is Gus. Uh, That was hardly going to help him buy eggs. The cockerel said, Bonjour, Gus. Smiling a beaky smile as he saw the little dog rooting around in his pocket for his phrasebook. Flipping to the page headed groceries, Gus scanned down the list of phrases until he saw the one he wanted. Un douzaine doofs, s'il vous plaît, he said proudly. A dozen eggs, please. The cockerel, smiling even wider, said, Très bien, very good. I mean, un douzaine, that's a dozen. And s'il vous plaît, that means please. But what are oofs? Do you mean oofs, eggs? Gus smiled coyly and nodded. Yes, that's what he meant. The cockerel laughed and said he knew how to help Gus remember how to say it. Why do the French only eat one egg for breakfast? Gus shook his head in puzzlement. I don't know. Why do the French only eat one egg for breakfast? Because an oeuf is an oeuf. (laughs) The cockerel said, falling about laughing, wiping tears from his eyes. <laughs> Do you get it? One egg, enough, is enough. <laughs> Gus giggled, mostly at the cockerel's funny cock-a-doodle-doodling laugh rather than his joke. He took the eggs from the cockerel, handing him a couple of coins, and said merci and au revoir. Gus consulted his list. Cheese next. He headed to a little shop a few doors down, where a large rat with curly whiskers, a waistcoat and circular glasses, was slicing a large wheel of cheese to add to his display cabinet. Bonjour, Gus said once again, and the rat nodded and grunted a hello towards him. Gus rifled through his phrasebook once more, to the page that said groceries, and looked for the translation for cheese. Fromage. Perfect. Now he could order. Du fromage, s'il vous plaît, for a, um, uh, picnic. The rat squinted at him and grumbled, pulling a few wheels from his cabinet and plonking them on the service. Hey, how much cheese do you want? he asked. Un kilo? Gus didn't know what un kilo meant, 
but he was a little intimidated by the grumpy rat. So he just nodded and said yes. Uh, we. Oui. The rat began slicing huge wedges of cheese and putting them on the scale. The pile got bigger and bigger until the scale hit one kilogram. And Gus had to pluck up the courage to squeak, Oh, that's too much! He did a sort of pantomime with his arms to show that he wanted less cheese. And the grumpy cheesemonger took piece by piece off the scale until Gus was left with a suitable amount for a picnic. Gus gave the rat some coins and thanked him with a mercy before shuffling out of the shop, sighing a big sigh of relief and patting himself on the back. Next, he stopped at a fruit stall and bought some grapes, strawberries and tiny cherry tomatoes before heading on to his last stop, the boulangerie. That's bakery to you and I. Gus wanted the crustiest golden stick of bread he could find. So he stood at the end of the winding queue and rehearsed in his head, Une baguette, s'il vous plaît. Une baguette, s'il vous plaît. Une baguette, s'il vous plaît. Once he reached the front of the queue, he practically barked his order at the baker, forgetting his bonjour entirely. The black cat behind the counter smiled at Gus and nodded before grabbing a baguette from the basket and slipping it into a paper sleeve. As Gus pulled coins from his wallet, something in the pastry cabinet caught his eye. It was the sun glinting off a shining strawberry tart. He pointed at the tart, raising two fingers and saying, s'il vous plaît. The cat smiled at him and slipped two strawberry tarts into a box, placing them gently in his wicker basket. Trois euros, she said. And Gus counted. Un, deux, trois. That's three coins. He handed her the coins and skipped out into the street with a grin. His list was complete. That evening, with the picnic prepared and cutlery and napkins and a fizzy bottle of apple juice placed in his basket, Gus began his walk down the river towards a spot where he almost pushed the beautiful Pomeranian papillon named Lulu into the water the previous evening. He saw her sunbathing in the exact right spot as he walked up the path, unsure whether she had seen him through her heart-shaped sunglasses. As he took the last steps towards her spot on the river, he began to say bonjour, getting out only bon before his words were drowned out by the crack of a bottle and the clank of cutlery as the bottom gave out on his basket. Boiled eggs rolled down the riverbank, cheese splattered on the grass, and the delicious strawberry tarts squished together and mingled with mud. Gus looked up at Lulu, and Lulu looked at Gus. Gus wasn't sure whether to laugh or cry. She'd never be his friend now, whether he asked her in French or not. Now will you be mon ami? He asked desperately. As he did, Lulu began to laugh. Not in a nasty way, though. In a way that seemed like she thought this squelchy disaster of a picnic was the funniest thing in the world. She threw back her head and howled with laughter. Nervously, Gus began to laugh too. Then not so nervously. They looked at each other through twinkling eyes. Bonjour, Lulu. I'm sorry I ruined your picnic, Gus said. Lulu shook her head. We may be in Paris, 
and we may be wearing glamorous clothes, but we are still dogs, she said. Let's just fish the eggs out of the river and wring the juice out of the baguette. A little dirt never hurts any dog. Thank you for doing this for me. And so, next to the sparkling river, under the Eiffel Tower, the two dogs enjoyed their disgusting, disastrous, muddy picnic. <laughs> Let's leave them there, before they offer us a taste. So, koala kids, it seems that it's not so hard to make a new friend and learn a new language, as long as you have confidence and a trusty phrasebook. Although, I'm not so sure I'd want to go on one of Gus's picnics if there's a side of river water and squashed fruit. What's the thing you'd least like to see at a picnic? A worm sandwich? A cool glass of gorgonzola milkshake? Blech. <laughs> Let me know via the link in the show notes. And if you think of something really yucky, who knows? Your message might just end up on the podcast. And finally, koala kids, we've arrived at my favorite part of the episode. It's today's joke of the day. Why do the French eat snails? Because they don't like fast food. <laughs> That's it for today, koala kids. Don't forget to impress your friends with your new French skills. Until next time, keep on shining. Au revoir.